Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about email marketing, how you can win this game, because I know with email marketing, you can sell a lot to get uh, real great results. I know that many people proclaim that it's obsolete today because uh, all marketing channels started from email marketing many years ago, like 30 years ago, but it works well today. Uh, uh, I think it's better to know the way how you can get results with that. That's why I decided to discuss this topic with Alif Hook. How are you? What's going on? I'm doing well. I love your energy, man. Uh, you're so excited about email marketing. I mean, I get excited about email marketing too, so I don't blame you. The energy is coming from a good place, but I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a big pleasure. Before we start, I want to introduce our sponsor, Ahrefs, SEO tools and resources to grow your search traffic. Uh, and if you want to uh, get SEO traffic today, you need to consider this tool because it's, it's almost must-have. You know, I think uh, Google Analytics, Google Search Console are must-have, but SEO tools uh, like Ahrefs, uh, if you are serious about this game, you need to consider. By the way, Alif, do you use Ahrefs? Um, I don't do a lot of SEO work, but when I was working in in-house marketing roles, Ahrefs was definitely a big tool that helped me find the right keywords to target and all that. So uh, I am very familiar with Ahrefs. Congrats on the nice, sponsor. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Before we start, uh, you uh, you spoke on my podcast one time. Uh, it's a big pleasure to get you second time. Uh, before we start, just uh, remind about yourself, your experience, background, and tell more why uh, companies need to consider email, email marketing today. 100%. So uh, my name is Alif. Um, fun fact, I'm a hip-hop dancer too. So I trained with a bunch of dance teams, had my own dance crews and things of that nature. Uh, that's always fun. Beyond uh, that, in terms of professional work life, I'm a freelance content marketer, specifically now niching down on email marketing and uh, providing email marketing services to a lot of my clients. I'm working with a lot of uh, software companies right now, agencies, and also a lot of solopreneur businesses, helping them with their email marketing and a bit of social media content creation stuff. Um, I've worked in multiple number of in-house marketing roles and also on the agency side. So I have a lot of in-depth experience when it comes to the day-to-day tactical side of marketing. Uh, But I'm really excited most about email marketing, mainly because a number of things, you know, email marketing, you can personalize the whole customer experience depending on where the customer is at in their buying journey. You know, you can you can send a different email to someone who just subscribed to an opt-in page to buy a product compared to someone who just signed up for a newsletter who's just kind of somewhat interested in your product, right? There's a lot of personalization element, and I'm sure we can go into a lot of it later on in this like interview and everything. Uh, but the, the number one thing really that excites me about email, and this is the true honesty and it's why I love it, is the ability to tell a story in order to persuade someone to take an action in an email. The craft of writing a good email that converts is something I just obsess about. I'm very nerdish about. So I'm really excited to go into like the geeky goodness of email in this presentation. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, I, I want to start from the first question. Uh, why some people proclaim that email marketing uh, doesn't work today? You know, uh, uh, they think it's obsolete technique and uh, they can't get results with uh, email marketing. But, you know, uh, when I check out online studies, I can find information that uh, email marketing brings uh, 44 times more than uh, expenses. You now uh, that you can... Uh, 
spent on this marketing channel. Can you tell uh, how to change opinions of these people and why they are thinking like this? Yeah, 100%. So uh, when you consider like, like the funnel overall, this is how I see the relationship between social media and email marketing, right? I think with social media, it's more higher end of awareness aspect of, of the funnel, right? You're trying to build awareness that your, your brand exists or maybe you have an offer coming up. But if you go further down the funnel, I believe in order to get the conversions of making someone, you know, buy your course, buy a buy a product, book a demo or a free trial, whatever. That stuff happens generally, in my opinion, in email. And uh, I'll give you an example. So let's say you're trying to get more demos for your software, right? You can post on social media, Instagram, a Canva picture with a nice graphic, try our demo today. And then you post on Instagram and make, maybe you have like 200 followers and an Instagram algorithm will maybe basically push down your your, your post on feed and everything and therefore maybe like five people might see it and then let alone how many people are going to click the link in your bio to actually go on landing page right you can imagine that what that's like right um but let's say they do go on it right the odds of them like going back to your social media account and being like oh by the way i forgot to sign up for a free trial five days after let's go back on their website type the url in and sign up for a demo the odds of someone actually doing that is going to be very, very slim. And that's why I feel like conversions happen at the email marketing side. So for example, they come to your website, they sign up for like a lead magnet or an email newsletter, or whatever, right? You can then send them recurring emails, like one, two day, three day apart, promoting a free trial and you can sell it to them. So it's not just like, hey, sign up for a free trial. What you can do is, hey, look at this testimonial. Hey, here's a piece of value. Hey, I know exactly what you're going through and this is how our products helps to you know, solve your issue. There's different angles you can now approach getting that prospect to sign up for a free trial. Where social media is like, post this, hopefully the algorithm gets enough reach on it and then I pray to God that this works. Whereas email, you can get the subscriber and then send them very targeted emails with different angles and messaging in order to actually make them convert. So that's my perspective on that. Uh, also, just a heads up, Anatoly, there's like sound effects in the background. I think you have a vacuum going on. Oh, yeah. I need to close the window. Okay, <laughs> I'll do it after uh, the second question. Uh, yep. Thanks for telling me about this. Um, I'm interested, you know, um, uh, once uh, I check out information that uh, companies can't get the right uh, uh, subscriptions, uh, users on their email list, for example, if they, uh, I don't know, like... Uh, change uh, subscription with uh, sharing ebooks or any other stuff uh, this audience uh, you know uh, they doesn't want to buy no because uh, they subscribe because of uh, ebook but when they sell their products uh, it doesn't want to buy can you tell mm. how to decide this problem do we need to consider such methods when you replace uh, ebooks or any other stuff free tools with subscription or it's better to find another way to gain email list yeah, that's a great question. So I have a couple of thoughts on this topic, but essentially the idea here is this. Um, when you're trying to create a lead magnet in order to get like, you know, leads and then convert them, before you even do any of that, you need to first like have a piece of paper on one side of the paper, write like starting point. And on the other side of the paper, write end point, right? The end point being they buy your service, right? And at the left side, what starting point, you need to understand exactly where they are in the customer buying journey uh, before they actually make a purchase. So for example, let's say you're a 
your software that helps fundraisers get more don fundraisers or nonprofits get more donorships, right? Uh, first, ask yourself, okay, if I'm a marketing director at this fundraising company, uh, where am I in this customer journey? Oh, I don't even know that I have this problem. Oh, wait, I don't even know that our brand exists. Oh, my God, there's so much educating that needs to be done before I even try to sell them on our service and our offering or try to get them for a free, free demo. Uh, so instead of just being like, hey, here's an ebook that'll help you do this, um, so now sign up. Instead, what you want to do is look deep down at where the customer is at generally in the buying journey and create a lead manic specifically tailored to exactly what the customer needs at that point. And then via emails and a series nurture sequence, uh, nurture that, that customer or that prospect along the customer journey. So you almost kind of push them through to the point where they actually sign up for a free trial or demo. So let's go through a tangible example. Let's say you want a customer, uh, they have no idea what your product is. They don't even, they aren't even aware that their pain exists. So your lead magnet or checklist might be around, you know, um, in this case, let's say you're trying to sell a course on how to clean windows, right? Uh, the lead magnet might be why cleaning windows can get really pricey or, or something. I'm, I'm making this up off my head. When you send that to them, now they're like, oh, wait, this can get pricey. Oh, my God, I need to find a solution that actually makes it cheaper. Then the next email in the series when they opt in can be like uh, options to, you know, like find cheaper, clean window cleaning services. And now they're like, OK, so I know the pain exists and I see what's cheaper. And then you send an email being like, by the way, um, or you can just go with us. It'll help you get cheaper wind cleaning and blah, 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 blah. And at this point, the prospect's like, okay, I now know I have this pain and uh, I know the cheapest solution there and this solution literally makes sense. So let me just go into it. So you notice how the whole buying journey is very tailored to where the customer is at. So that's how you want to approach a lead magnet or just like a nurture sequence in general. Uh, I think it's another level, you know, <laughs> when you Lower. share all this. <laughs> yeah, Lower. it's another level, <laughs> I know, like high level, because I know that it's... Uh, can you tell more about uh, sending a few emails uh, before selling products? For example, uh, 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 we use uh, some methods uh, with, uh, you know, like uh, we send uh, one email a week uh, and most in most cases we share information about uh, our YouTube video or uh, a new blog post and mm -hmm. once a month we can uh, send email with discounts to our uh, products you know uh, so if you want to buy we can share discounts and uh, we are not trying to oversell you know uh, at that point because we know that we gain all these uh, people on our blog or with many different uh, channels. Uh, can you tell how to find this balance between selling, uh, call to action, and uh, sharing some uh, info content? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is something I've been really thinking about a lot. And obviously, there's a lot of blog posts on like exactly like the types of emails to send, links to blogs, or YouTube videos, or webinars, all that stuff, right? But in my opinion, I almost feel like there's like three types of content, okay? And I think it's important to do them right. So first is the sales stuff, right? Like, oh, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Here's a case study, buy my stuff. Here's that small buy my stuff. Like the sales stuff, right? Then it's the value stuff, like the links to the YouTube videos or how to do this, how to, how to, right? But I think there's a third piece that needs to be very much considered a lot more. And I think this is way more important. And that's 
personal stories. So for example, uh, with my personal email list, right? Instead of just always saying how to X, Y, Z, how to X, Y, Z, I actually share more personal vulnerable stories of something maybe I'm kind of going through and then how I'm overcoming it and what I've learned. Or, you know, I recently took a trip to Florida and Los Angeles and instead of sending uh, email newsletters being like how to do this marketing tactic, how to execute on this marketing tactic. I actually sent them like updates about my trip and pictures of me posing next to a Ford Mustang uh, on this beautiful beach. And I'm like, hey, look at this. This is pretty cool. And this is what I learned from my experience. All these things I did uh, adds to my character and makes me feel like an actual human being rather than like a branded company trying to like promote stuff. Uh, like YouTube videos, knowing that they're going to sell something to me in the future. One thing I've realized is people can sense intention very, very well and to the smallest degree, and they can smell that through your content. So even if you're sending content around how to do SEO, how to do this, how to do this, they fundamentally still know you're just technically trying to nurture me for a sale. Like they can, they can sense it. Right. But, but to break them off from that intent, I like to always incorporate me in the emails and in what, like my, my stories and, and what I'm personally going through. So then people don't just see me as like, Oh, this guy sending me an email in three emails later, he's going to try to sell me something. It's more like, Oh, I wonder what a leaf's up to. It's pretty cool. That he's keeping me up, keeping us, in the loop with this journey and in fact doing this approach gets me way more email replies than if i were to be like how to achieve xyz in 30 days without blah 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 type of thing um anyway that's a little more high level and more technical but it's just something i've been kind of reflecting on lately nice nice well explained and uh you know you mentioned a few times about uh customer journey can you tell how to create this customer journey for email uh list yeah, for sure. Uh, there are a couple of ways you can do it. The most optimal, uh, so so Dan Kennedy, uh, you guys probably know Dan Kennedy if you're in the audience, if you're part of your audience. Mm -hmm. uh, he said something very interesting in an interview. He's like, uh, you always want to find message to market fit. And he gave us a really good example. And he's like, uh, let's say you're trying to sell golf clubs, right? And specifically, you're trying to sell a golf club to a person who has one one arm and one leg. I'm paraphrasing this. Mm -hmm. Instead of in the email saying like, oh, buy a golf club. If you say, this is a golf club for people with one arm and one leg. The person who has the one arm and one leg is going to be like, oh my God, that is for me. Like that, there's, this is so perfect. They probably won't even care about the case studies as models or all the reviews or anything. They'll just be like, that is so for me. Let me look into that. Right. Compared to the other email that says like, Oh, buy my golf club. Right. And, and he really highlighted the message to market fit. So the closer we can get to that, the higher our conversions. But the question is, how do we do that? Uh, personally for me, what I like to do is a couple things. I'm going to show you some tactics. First, obviously, interviewing clients and customers. So sending an email, hey, I'll give you this if you can spare 15 minutes of your time and asking very deep strategic questions, uh, asking them exactly where they were before they bought, how the thing helped them uh, achieve their goals, all that stuff, right? There's that. But let's say like you don't have time for that or like you're just too busy and like you know, like it's a lot of work to do that, right? What else can you do? Here are a couple of tactics you can do. 
Obviously, you can send them a survey link to a Google form, to email list, be like, hey, what do you struggle with the most? Um, and then just have some prompting questions. And in exchange, maybe give them something in return. Maybe it's access to a blog post or an ebook or, or something of that nature. That's one tactic. What I like to do sometimes is um, I learned this. It's called Amazon review mining from copy hackers, if you guys are familiar with copy hackers. And mm -hmm. the idea here is this. Let's say I'm trying to sell uh, an SEO course i'm making this up an seo course and i need to know exactly what seo people struggle with the most when it comes to you know doing seo that way i can tailor my message accordingly what i can do is go on amazon search up like an seo book go on the reviews and just read through a bunch of reviews like book after book after book that alone will give me a really good understanding of like oh so this is what they're talking about this is what a lot of things are missing this is what a lot of people are missing or maybe you can go to other courses and read their reviews and be like oh this is what they're looking for this is what they're not looking for blah 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 that alone will give you like a good sense of where things are at other than that i also love to go on reddit and then like forums and discussions those are like some really juicy stuff and also very niche facebook groups tend to have a lot of juicy stuff in the comment section as well. So so check those out. Yeah, nice. Uh, you know, I agree with that because, you know, the era of lazy marketers is that today. You know, <laughs> when uh, uh, marketers or webmasters are looking uh, for uh, some questions on SEO tools, uh, they need to understand that thousands of others can look uh, that way. And in most cases, Google uh, customers can search this information on Google. They don't need any help with that. But on Reddit or Quora or any other websites, people ask questions that they can't find on Google. So, yeah, I, I love exactly. I, I love your sharing about that. So uh, you can uh, send something unique that people... Uh, have struggled today, uh, pain points, so you can help uh, with that. Yeah, nice, exactly. nice Okay, uh, can you tell more about your loving tools? Uh, which tools do you use? Because we have a bunch of tools today. Uh, many of them uh, are great, but uh, all of them have advantages, disadvantages. Can you tell uh, which tools uh, work for you and why? Yeah, and I think this really depends on, on your business and where you're at. So, for example, a lot of my clients, these are like agency levels or they're like software companies doing like $5 million in ARR, right? Like the needs of that person is going to be very different than someone who's a coach and, and doing this coaching business as a side hustle. So I'll address two of them. So in terms of like if you're like a, like a tech company and everything and you're doing really well, you have a bunch of contacts you need to filter through. I, I love HubSpot. I use it like every day. It's very intuitive. Uh, I almost feel like it's funny in my, in my last full-time role, I was like pretty much managing HubSpot. I looked through all the things I can do. And at one point I had the moment to myself where I have to take a breath and I'm like, oh, I'm a magician. I can do anything because it's cool because you can send specific emails based on where people are at, what company, uh, what country they're at, and then which, what, what, which page on your website they visited. So you can imagine someone from Poland who read a blog post about uh, why SEO sucks or something. You can send an email about that alone. Like that's how tailored you can get with HubSpot. And I was like, the world is in my fingertips. So, but that's like very expensive. Like that's like enterprise level tools. So HubSpot, I will always be a ref for. I love HubSpot. Um, but if you're like, let's say doing a side hustle and you create your course creator, your coach, maybe even you're like a freelancer right now, what's a good tool for you? 
I personally love ConvertKit mainly because they're so intuitive. Now they have a free trial, like they have a free period for like I think a thousand sub subscribers or something, and that's more than enough. Um, and it's just very, very easy to use, ConvertKit. So look up ConvertKit. That's the one I would always recommend to anyone who asks me. Myself, for me, I'm using uh, GetResponse. It's, it's pretty good. I like it mainly because uh, the landing page is kind of, I can like, mix and match the landing page and tailor it to my branding and all that so that's nice uh but in the past i've also used like um in infusion uh, they changed the name i think infusionsoft they changed the name active campaign mailchimp obviously uh my clients are using mailchimp too i've had a lot of clients working with that um you know various email marketing softwares but convertkit for the novice and if you're enterprise level and i guess you're watching this hubspot is my is my go-to Nice, nice. Yeah, it's popular too. Uh, okay, I have the question about AI. What do you think? Uh, it's a good idea today to use AI when you say uh, crafting emails or uh, writing text for email marketing. Uh, or it's better to uh, do this job manually? What do you think? Yeah, oh, oh I've, I've seen like really weird videos where it's like... Uh, like of an AI, you put in two words, uh, like an astronaut in space or like a, mm -hmm. a cow in space. If you just write two words, it literally paints a picture for you, like an image, and it looks so good. And I was like, holy, this is the level AI is coming. I've also seen like a AI that does the graphic design for you and even copy for you, right? Now, here's my here's my thing with, with AI, okay? When it comes to like copy um and you know messaging that's tailored to an audience there's still a level of of humanness that needs to to be there right so first of all you need to understand your customers pain points really well and know exactly what they are and know what the conversation is is in their heads and based on that then you write emails accordingly now the problem i feel at least right now with like tech and ai and automation is that it's a very cookie cutter approach. It's almost like a templated thing. You know, they'll have like a templated headline, the ultimate guide to blank to achieve blank, right? And and those are good, but it's it's not going to be the most effective in terms of the conversion optimized standpoint. I spoke with a lot of copywriting coaches and everything, and all of them say like, you know, they all try to avoid templates and 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 things of that nature because not every situation is very cookie cutter. My fear with AI is like they're gonna treat situations like cookie cutter type of things, um, and that's where I feel like that's a disadvantage. Unless it gets to the point so good, it does all the research, all the wording, and all that for you. That's a whole other level, and then I'm gonna lose the job eventually. Uh, I hope it doesn't get there in a weird way. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, uh, by the way, uh, I'm using AI tools, but uh, I edit manually uh, all uh, getting information. So, uh, yeah, I can get text, but uh, if you don't edit, you know, it's better uh, to avoid such text. You can uh, optimize the process, the whole process, you know, to get uh, the complete job. Uh, you can try it uh, to review some tools, to find them online, uh, to learn which tools will work for you. But uh, I'm not sure it's a good idea to use these tools today, mm -hmm. probably tomorrow, I don't know, or uh, for a few weeks. They, can, they will replay, replace people, yeah. <laughs> but today, yeah. Which uh, tools do you use? I'm curious. Uh, I like uh, for SEO, right? me. Yeah, uh, not only SEO, uh, to write descriptions for my, uh, even for this uh, podcast, uh, yeah, I wrote description with AI tools. Uh, I usually use uh, R 
ytr.me you know uh, okay. it, it's a great tool and um, uh, i'm going to create a, a tool uh, uh, to create content for uh, the entire website uh, but uh, oh, wow. yeah i'm going to use openai.com uh, yeah it's uh, the best tool uh, for uh, i mean like it, it's a great tool when you wanna uh, to get uh, uh, I mean, like to create content for many pages, for many keywords. But uh, I don't know why, mm. but uh, reader.me works for me if I create only content for uh, specific keywords. Uh, uh, we have different mood, for example, like informational, angry, anything, you know, like uh, I don't remember exactly the number. It's like uh, 30 or 50 uh, different mood, uh, styles, informational, friendly, mm. official. Uh, and uh, um, it's better to test out many different keywords because sometimes you get uh, complete nonsense. But when you play, sometimes mm. you know, play different combinations, you can get uh, good quality text. And uh, everything we need, you need to do just to edit. Spend time mm. to edit, and you can get good results with that. Uh, personally, I save uh, so much time with that because, for example, if I write uh, content. From scratch, I can write like 2,000 words a day uh, and I'll spend eight hours. But with AI tools, it's possible to write 20,000 words a day, you know, like uh, 10 times more uh, with editing. When you edit text, uh, when you provide, uh, I don't know, like uh, to add some information about uh, unique insights because uh, AI tools can uh, use your personal experience, you know, to personalize mm. the message. So, yeah, I, I think it's good to consider mm. today, but they're not ready to replace human. They're ready to help humans, you know, <laughs> like to save time. Help humans, yes. Okay, I will message yeah. you afterwards asking you for, for, for links to that. So, there you go. You, yeah, you're using I can, AI. I can type, awesome. yeah, I can type here. Uh, everyone can use it. Uh, I use this tool. Uh, uh, guys who are listening us on Apple, Google, Spotify, you can find the description below. And uh, I think uh, this tool, uh, openai.com, is the best tool for uh, creating content uh, for many pages. For uh, when you uh, customize uh, the whole website, for example, if you have like uh, 10,000 pages and you need to create content for them, like descriptions, anything, yeah, you can use openai. Just yeah, Perfect. it's better to read. Yeah. We have, uh, you know, uh, for me, it's better to review all of them on Google. For example, type on Google AI tools, uh, read reviews. We have a, uh, many good uh, list of reviews. It doesn't mean that these tools are the best, uh, but uh, I use them. I, I like the experience of using them. Uh, it works for me. I know that some people uh, tell me about other tools. Uh, they are great as well. So it's better to learn more and find uh, the which tools will work for you. But uh, mm. I want to <laughs> highlight, uh, don't think that I, AI tools will replace you. Uh, they can help you, but not. <laughs> they are not ready uh, to replace. There we okay, go. You know, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I remember in the first podcast, you shared that you like to write long content for email marketing. But when I read books uh, about email marketing or blog posts, they highlight you need to write short emails because people have no time to read uh, short, uh, long emails. Uh, they like have, I don't remember, like 60 seconds. Uh, and if they get a long email, they can avoid it. And you know what I like more? Uh, in marketing, you need to stand out from the rest. 
if you can create long uh, content that people will read, uh, it's great, you know, the chance that will sell products, uh, you know, will increase a lot. Can you tell how to write long emails and get results with that? Yeah, exactly. So uh, on the argument, short versus long emails, I think the, the conversation should be more about it needs to, it should be more around an email should be as long as it needs to be, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not about specific length. It, it's as long as it needs to be, whether it's long or short, right? So it's not just always short necessarily, but it's as long as it needs to be. Now for me, I, I personally like like long because I just like writing. It's something I really enjoy. Um, and there's certain tactics I realize that work really well. So if you want to get a long form email actually like read and maybe replied to you or get the CTA clicked at the bottom, um, you the way I write my emails is when I use copywriting tactics is I try to always hold suspense throughout the email and by the end of it I I, I release the suspense right so for example um, I wrote an email about uh, meeting uh, a LinkedIn influencer and how I went about a link meeting a LinkedIn influencer instead of just being like Hey guys, cool. I met a LinkedIn influencer. Here's a picture. Bye. You know, <laughs> like, like instead of doing like that, I actually wrote like a pretty long story. And basically uh, for that email, I started, made the subject line like washrooms. Like the subject line was literally washrooms and, and that's it, right? So you can imagine someone gets an email in the inbox, washrooms. Like, the hell is that? Like, why is there a washroom, right? Um, and so that alone, okay, suspense. It's caught. Click in it. All right. And then from there, uh, you want to keep holding the suspense for each line to line to line uh, instead of going on a random blurb about random things. So in this email, for example, I was like, let me tell you about the worst experience I had in a washroom. Back when I was working at this job, there was a specific washroom I had escaped to every time I hated my life. And during breaks, when I hated my life, I would go to this washroom. Then one day I realized I had enough of this nine to five left because I couldn't do it. So I wanted to start a career coaching business, but I was struggling. I didn't know how to do this. And it's like the suspense is like, okay, so where are you going at? Where are you going at? Where are you at? And I eventually, I, I tell a story of how I met a LinkedIn influencer who taught me about career coaching and I started a side business, right? And it's all about like, reframing the story so the suspense is held throughout the post or or the or like the email or whatever it may be until at the end that's when you actually deliver like oh the final like climax of of the story or the email or or the call to action if you will right so mm-hmm. that's how i think about and it's very high level obviously i'm not going to nitty-gritty i'm just keeping it very high level but that's what i feel like goes into a really well-written long-form post email or or, or description capturing suspense holding it telling like a very visual story that where the person's eyes are glued to the screen like what's next what's next what's next and then paying it off near the end which then you can associate with the call to action that that's how i like mm-hmm. to approach it that's just me though mm-hmm. yeah nice uh I want to ask about uh, creating content for email. For example, uh, if I write a blog post, uh, I usually use uh, infographics, pictures. I can add video content. But uh, for email, uh, I know that some people uh, can ignore uh, such emails with multimedia. Uh, when they open, they think, oh, it's promotion. Uh, I'm not interested with that. Uh, but uh, uh, if you write like uh, just text, 
uh, you can feel uh, it's from your friends, uh, family, I don't know, uh, customers. Yeah, uh, it doesn't look like uh, promotion uh, or uh, overselling. Can you tell how to find this balance? Because uh, big companies are using uh, multimedia on their emails. Uh, I know some companies that use only text. It works well, uh, but it's hard to find the balance if you have no results, if you start, for example, from scratch. Right. How do you find the balance between managing a person like a branding and then going for a plain text, just straight up, like as if it's a friend, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm working with a client right now. They're an agency. And uh, when they're doing their emails for their clients, um, it's always pure bare bone text. Like it's almost like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. When you open their HubSpot and see their emails that they write for clients, it's like, wait, this is it. And it's just like white and then text, 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 text. And even like the, like the, address and then at the bottom of the email is pushed down 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 so it literally looks like white and black text and that's it and they tell tell me like this is converting for us and this is converting for our clients and this is what we're going to stick with because it performs right uh but i've also had the issue like for example i'm working with another client uh they're very particular about their brand like they they want to know like at the top i want to have this header that shows me like this and then over here i want some images because because i just like it like they just purely just like it right so you know, I don't think there's a hard, like, rule to this, right? I think the key is more about, like, the quality of your content at that point than worrying about the, the nuances of if I should add a picture or, or not, right? Because, because the truth is, if you have quality content people connect with, and you give that high-value content on a consistent basis people will naturally, you know, like be enticed to open your emails, regardless if you have a banner or if you have three image or no image, right? The, the quality of the content is what should matter, matter the most. So if you are working for a company that has strict branding guidelines that has like certain images that you have to use no matter what, like it's cool. Just make sure the content itself is good and entices the reader to keep coming to the next email and opening them up, right? So that's, that's, that's my take on it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, Ren Fishkin um, on my event uh, claimed that it's better to have uh, one subscription in a mail list than uh, a follower on any social media, you know, uh, mm. because uh, social media can decrease engagement. Uh, even if you have a million followers, uh, only uh, 10,000 of them can read your post, uh, check out it. But uh, with email, you have much higher chance today. Uh, for example, if you send emails, uh, yeah, it's much higher chance that people will open this email. So uh, can you tell more about um, uh, getting uh, emails to your list? Uh, provide some tactics, techniques that uh, people can use today, companies to uh, get more uh, uh, subscribers on email list and uh, yeah, and how to uh, find uh, the best tactics that will work for you. 100%. Uh, I'll share some stuff that's worked for me, worked for some clients as well. Okay, so for, first tip I'll say is uh, newsletters are the worst way to get subscribers like uh, <laughs> because newsletters is like what practical value am I getting from this? It's just newsletter. Everyone has a newsletter. I all got another email in my inbox. Unless you have a very big brand and you're pretty authoritative in your space, newsletters probably work. But uh, if you're just starting off and you write, 
hey, sign up for my newsletter. Um, it's not going to convert well. That's from my experience. Unless, like, um, I think Demand Curve does something very interesting. They promote a newsletter, but on the landing page, uh, underneath the opt-in, they have examples of content they sent to newsletters and what people have replied to the newsletters with. So the, you can literally see the social proof of how good the newsletter is uh, in order to get someone to opt-in. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. So basically tease people before they even opt in about what stuff is given in the newsletter and, and show the results before they even opt in. So you, you have to like essentially sell the newsletter, even though it sounds like this newsletter is for selling itself, right? So, so that's one tactic. The next tactic is, this is one thing I've done in the past, is instead of sending, being like, hey, sign up for a newsletter, I, I said once, um, like sign up for my course, and it, mm -hmm. it's not like a course that I created, but instead I basically took three YouTube videos from a YouTube channel. And then I sent the person a series of three emails with links to the YouTube videos. So I didn't even create a whole course and film my stuff and everything, but instead I packaged it like a course. It still served the same effect. And what's interesting is I put on my LinkedIn headline, uh, get my free course that'll help you achieve, like get you a job without applying online. Cause I was a career coach way back, right? And it, when I said free course, that'll help you get this result, right? Very value driven, benefit oriented. People were like, oh my God, free course that'll help me get this. I want that. And it's weird because I would just make LinkedIn posts and I would keep getting uh, newsletter subscribers from that. And I didn't even need to promote the newsletter. I just made LinkedIn posts because my Profile got reached. People saw my headline. Therefore, they went to profile and they went to the, like the actual uh, opt-in page, right? So, those are some tactics that that work really well for me. The idea here is to imply a large amount of value upfront to get someone to subscribe to your list. That's the fundamental mm -hmm. rule. The more value you can provide, uh, that's pretty pretty much catered to your audience. The more likely someone's going to opt in. So, in mm -hmm. any way you can do that, that's the best. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, love it. Uh, let's, you know, I, I want to help more uh, the second type of my audience because uh, I have, uh, like, you know, I can segment. You know, uh, we use this uh, terminology in email marketing segmentation. Yeah, we, when we can segment our uh, email list, and uh, yeah, uh, I can segment my audience uh, to website owners and uh, students want to jump on this field can you help them uh how to learn more about email marketing today uh, what kind of future are you expecting with email marketing do we need to learn today because probably metaverse or other techniques will kill email marketing soon <laughs> so provide more insights about that because uh, i often see when uh, someone proclaims seo is dead email marketing is dead everything is dead you know i don't know <laughs> how how to go ahead with that metaverse will uh, overcome everything what do you think? Uh, is it a good idea to learn today about email marketing or it's too late? And what kind of future are you expecting with email marketing? Yeah, oh my gosh, with Web3, Meta Crypto, all, all, all that stuff, who knows where the future is going? Maybe in the future, it won't even be emails. It'll just be like a, a visual display on your eye that could just say, like, hey, you have a message. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who knows, right? Uh, yeah. These are my thoughts right now based on my current understanding and everything. Uh, I think it's worth doubling down on 
email over social right now because you know facebook meta they might change the whole social media game um tiktok might change the whole game i the other day my friend was complaining about the instagram feed and how they're not seeing certain amount of posts anymore it's so many uncontrollable variables right but uh i truly believe email will stay because during work you use your email you will inevitably need to use your personal email for like stuff you're trying to do right if you're trying to go to the bank and they need your email you you need that it, it's a con constant variable variable that's more constant than like the TikToks and social medias and the YouTube shorts and things of that nature, right? So I think to be secure, at least have like an audience for yourself, collect, keep the emails. And even if like the softwares, like they crash and they exit the market or whatever, you can still export a lot of the contacts into a Excel sheet. So you can keep the Excel sheet as like your, your baby and take it around with you. So as like a safety cushion or an insurance for the future with this whole Web3 thing coming out, I still think email is definitely something to not sleep on. I'm not sure how email will be transformed with Web3. Maybe uh, lead magnets will now be NFTs. And instead of like, you know, discounts, people are going to offer crypto in the future. Who knows, right? Um, but those are just my thoughts. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, guys, I want to tell my opinion about that. Uh, mm -hmm. Today, email marketing works well and it's growing and it will not be dropped in one day. You know, just, yeah, uh, email marketing disappeared. It, it takes time. You can see uh, how the industry works uh, to check out if it's growing, it's growing. If it's diminishing, uh, you still have a lot of time like uh, many years to uh, to keep going on this field so that's why uh, I'm, I'm not sure it's a good idea to criticize uh, something that works and growing uh, but when we can see that uh, metaverse or any other stuff that will come then that's great you know to have it we can adapt uh, our technologies we can think how we can change something because uh, digital marketing is a quickly changing field so that's okay you know to learn more about this but I think uh, we need to adapt just, just it, you know, if it works, it works. Uh, when mm -hmm. new text will come, we can adapt. Uh, and even I remember when someone asked uh, Gary Vee about TikTok. Uh, when TikTok, uh, do, do we need to promote uh, our brands on TikTok? Because uh, it, uh, it probably will be banned uh, on, uh, uh, in the US. And he replied, you know, you get experience on TikTok, even if it's fun, you can uh, use this experience with other social media. That's mm. it, you know? Okay. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, okay, uh, can you tell uh, okay. the last question? Uh, how to learn email marketing today? Uh, lead our audience in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so for me, the way I learned email marketing was uh, this blog. It's called uh, Copy Hackers. Uh, it's very focused on copywriting, which I think should be learned first before email. Okay, that's 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 a blog that you can use first. I, I actually recommend you learn copywriting first and then email because copywriting, in my opinion, is fundamental of all like digital marketing. No matter how many ads you run or how many people you send to a landing page, if the words don't say the right things, then it's not probably not going to convert, right? So check out Copy Hackers. They have some really good stuff on email marketing as well. Um, if you want to forget to learn like the technical automation sequences and like tactics and workflows and all that stuff, that in my opinion, comes from practical experience. So I've learned the most about email marketing, doing it rather than just learning it. You know, if you if you learn about a six part nurture sequence and you read a blog about it, cool. But it's another thing to go on like convert kit and create an actual workflow and write a subject line and then make sure this 
when this happens, this automation is sent. And then doing that requires a lot of practical experience. So if I were you, if you want to learn email marketing, learn copywriting from copy hackers, and then literally just start your own email list and just start, start having fun and experimenting out. And you, it, hopefully you start liking the process and then therefore you'll get better and better, better. That's in my opinion how to learn it. A hundred percent, you know, a hundred percent. I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. Just practice, practice uh, because, uh, you know, it's the same like to read the book about how to play soccer. If you actually mm -hmm. don't play, uh, it doesn't matter how many books you can read. A hundred books without playing, you can't get any results. Uh, exactly. It's the same like to read the book how to write. If you don't write, <laughs> you can't get <laughs> yeah, so. how to write. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, to improve writing, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I often see when people overlearn without practicing. Uh, I think it's better to overact than overlearn. Uh, it's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's why totally. I usually uh, I, I like learning, but uh, I prefer acting more than learning. Um, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, thanks a lot, you know, uh, Ali, for taking part of my podcast. Uh, the second time, yeah, uh, you joined second time. Uh, the second time club. <laughs> Let's so, do it. Uh, yeah, it's a big pleasure. Uh, anytime, welcome back. I love your uh, sharing about email marketing. Uh, I love this industry. I get a bunch of questions about that. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, yeah. What's going on, guys? So uh, if you like what I talk about, you like my hairstyle or whatever it might be, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Alif Hawk. My name is right right here. So you can just mm -hmm. plug that in LinkedIn and just follow me and just we'll take it away from there. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Always love uh, learning something new about email marketing because I pay attention to other marketing channels. But, you know, we need to consider this channel for uh, any marketing channels because mm -hmm. if you have no multi-channel approach, uh, I'm not sure it's a good idea to go ahead. You no, know? yeah, because some exactly. channels can decrease. So, yeah, it's better to have this balance. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I was always a good time being on the podcast. Hopefully, round three comes soon. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.